Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who have been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. This episode is brought to you by Caliber Home Loans. Caliber is committed to educating military families about their VA loan benefits and bringing your military families home. Get connected with them online by visiting Caliber at CaliberMilitaryLending.com. Now, here's Ashley Peebles. Welcome, everyone, to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. My name is Ashley Peebles, and I am so thankful that you have joined us today. We've got one of my newer but really great friends, Brian Burkjans, with us today from Caliber. And we are going to start a series this year called Ask a Lender. And Brian is our... Um, he's our Yoda when it comes to all of these things. So we're really excited to ask him all of your burning questions. So the question that we are going to dive right into today is, Brian, first of all, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. But tell us what can our audience expect for 2021? Well, uh, Ashley, thanks for having me. Um, So it's interesting you say that because you know, you look at 2020, the year of the pandemic, the year of COVID, and we had a lot of uh, a lot of challenges per se navigating through the COVID pandemic. And now, the great part about the military and working with the military is, from a furlough perspective and like losing their job, you really didn't have to worry too much uh, in regards to that. Um, where the pandemic really caused a lot of issues in lending um, was the furloughs and people losing their jobs and, you know, obviously, or someone in the family losing their job and causing a lot of craziness with, uh, you know, taking advantage of not having to make payments and stuff like that. So lenders got crazy. They freaked out, which they should, especially servicers. Um, and trying to pivot quickly to be able to handle all this stuff. And so in the middle of all this pivot, what happens is lenders create what's called overlays, right? And overlays are just kind of like safety nets. Safety nets on a flight deck of a ship or safety nets that protect stuff from going over, right? And within these safety nets comes additional rules or checks and balances per se to ensure that they're not going to put the consumer in a bad spot or the lender and some of those things that would have an impact on our active duty military folks are things like verification of employments prior to closing, right? And the great part about this is this is just kind of one of those overreaching type of a scenario that's one of those umbrella policies for all consumers. It's just that even VA and military consumers get buttoned up under this. And so I say to your you know, the people watching this, that if you ever run into that scenario, especially this year, because this could carry on to late 21, uh, at best, maybe summer, where these overlays are still kind of just hanging in the balance. Um, and if you get something like that, remember, as an active duty military member, you're already providing a couple things. Okay? You'll leave an earning statement, which really is your verification of employment, right? And then also, to a statement of service for the most part. Um, statement of service basically tells the lender and the VA, 
you know, the credibility of your service uh, as a member. And it kind of basically outlines when you started, when you're going to leave, all that good stuff. So again, a verification of employment. So you've already provided the lender with a couple things already. It really is a verification of employment. So my suggestion to the folks watching this is when you are going through this process and that comes down the pipe and your lender asks you who's a good point of contact to do a verification of employment, remind them of the two things that you've provided them already. And then that should go ahead and take care of that. That's good to know. So we bought a house in 2020 during amidst all the chaos. I mean, why not? Interest rates were really low. The house that we owned had equity in it. And I think a lot of people did that. But you are right. We have bought, we have previously purchased a home before that. And there just seemed to be a lot of extra checks and balances that came in with this particular purchase. So we don't know how long that's going to last, obviously, but are any of the checks and balances and overlays and things that you're speaking about, are they preventing military families from being able to buy? Um, and I guess a follow-on question there is, has it made it more difficult or just more checks and balances that have been put in place? You know, I don't think uh, there's another one, too, that could possibly be a, a challenge for some of the folks. Um, you know, over the last, I'd say probably the last four or five years, um, active duty military members have been more inclined to become landlords than ever before, right? right. So the, the, you know, rent versus buy and all these scenarios that go into play when someone's coming in, you know, someone like yourself is going in on house hunting leave, right, to the next duty station, you know, in 10 days, you got to pick. We're either going to rent <laughs> or buying something, right? But you got 10 days to figure it out. You're zooming in the spouse. Most of the time, you know, I know if it was me, I wouldn't be, just take a picture, send it to me. If that's the one you want, we're rolling. And got two choices. So when you come back, you already said, hey, listen, sorry, uh, honey, I'm, we're renting or we're buying. And then we roll. Well, because of that decision-making process, when you leave, most people are buying in pretty competitive marketplaces where, uh, you know, uh, inventory's low. You know, supply and demand's well balanced. So that means you could either sell on the way out or you can rent, right? And so because now the military members are becoming landlords, that's all great. And a wealth building strategy, I'm sure, in a lot of portfolios and a lot of planners would suggest. Right. But when you have a pandemic like this, like we talked about before, the people losing their jobs um, and the rent and also mortgage relief payment process, now you have lenders who know that they have customers that are looking to buy, but they might have a rental rental property or two uh, that they're listing as an asset. Well, now where it was before, it was no big deal. Well, that brings extra scrutiny now to the client itself because they don't know the type of person that they have actually as a tenant in that home and because of all the COVID relief options out there they don't know if you know the person they're about to lend money to and this is any consumer doesn't even know military but just in general right. 
they don't know if the person they're about to lend to within the next 90 days could be having to flow two mortgage payments in addition to the one they're about to get, right? Right. So right. checks and balances in place now to ensure that the person that they're lending money to can also afford those other mortgage payments in the event that the person can't make those payments due to COVID. Got it. You have folks that are landlords that are about to PCS and go to another duty station. They need to know that there's going to be some additional scrutiny, some additional checks and balances that are going to be required because of the rental property piece. And that's very important, too, because there's a lot of active duty military folks who are becoming landlords when they move. And that's part of their vision. And uh, they need to know that going into the next duty station, especially in this year, that there could be some uh, some extra things that they need to provide. That is brilliant. And I'm so glad you said that because we like many, like you said, many military families, we moved from Florida rented our house and we never really had any trouble renting it out. Honestly, it was always gone within the first 24 hours. So I never thought of that as being a liability, but in a year like this, I'm sure to a lender and on paper, it definitely is a liability with so many furloughs and, and people being out of work. So well, I'll give you an example. Hold on. I'll give you an example yeah, please. Since, we're, since we're touching on this real quick and how big of a deal this really is. So I'm moving. I, I, I live in, uh, say I live in San Diego, because this is a, this is a real deal possibility for, especially Navy families, right? I'm in San Diego. I have a house in a great location. Well, we all know that the mortgage payments in San Diego are absolutely ridiculous, right? But also you wake up every day at 75 and sun. So there is a trade. <laughs> I mean, it's 29 degrees in Missouri right now. I mean, so, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, let's, <laughs> but let's say my pain is three grand, or three, just for simple math, 3000 a month. Okay. But my, I already have a tenant. I already know I'm renting it out. I already got a lease agreement signed, you know, whatever. It could be a military thing, whatever. They're, they're moving in. Okay. I'm good to go. I checked that box. I got a management company that's going to oversee it. I, this is easy for me. Well, the lender now, because of COVID, you know, and have the COVID overlays, which I totally understand, because if you're lending somebody money, you need to make sure they can make the payment. Some lenders will expect that the military family that's PCSing has enough reserves in the bank to cover anywhere from three to six months, right? So it depends on the lender. Not all lenders are traded equal. Uh, that's why it's very important. And I always say to shop around. Always shop around, shop your scenario around, make sure you go to the best place that suits you for your current situation. Okay. Well, let's just for simple math, three grand a month. And now, now we're talking nine to possibly $18,000 that needs to be in the bank. Okay. Wow. For you to satisfy that COVID overlay. It could be sitting out there for you. Okay. Right? So now for families, let's just sim- let's keep it simple. E5, E6, E4, maybe in that range, relocating to Jacksonville, Florida, where the BAH is going to go down. Yeah. Right? You have you're getting 
three grand a month BH, and then you're moving to Jacksonville where your BH is 1600. So you're going to take a dive there. And then you're also going to have a lender expecting you to be carrying an extra 10 grand, which for some people, not a problem. There's, there's plenty of people. Average savings has gone through the roof over COVID. It doesn't matter if you're in the military or civilian world. Everybody's saving because nobody got out to keep doing it to spend money. But some families can't afford that. Some families don't have 18 grand sitting in a savings account, especially a young military family, right. to be able to do this. So this is why it's important for anybody moving in 21 to know the game rules, okay? The, the mortgage game rules that are out there and make sure that you're able to navigate within those rules. Absolutely. And it's something that I would have never thought about. And it also goes to the decision before you move as to whether you want to hold on to that house, like whether you want to sell it or whether you want to rent it out. I think a lot of times as military families, we think, oh, well, it's super simple. We lived here. We were close to our base. Somebody else is going to want to live here because it's close to the base. If you bring in a military family, honestly, like for the most part, you know, you're going to get paid, right? Like they have to pay you. So I don't think I ever, like I said earlier, looked at it as a liability because I knew that we could rent it out to military. But when we were second lieutenant family and truthfully on WIC, because we were second lieutenants with two babies, there's no way <laughs> that's a that's story for another podcast. I, I get it. Hey, I started on the knee one. Okay. So I know exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there we were second lieutenants with our two babies. There's no way we would have had $18,000 in reserve, no matter how much we wanted to hang on to that house in San Diego. We were not blessed to be stationed in San Diego. We were Mississippi. So a little bit <laughs> price difference was a little bit different. Um, but that's so good to know. I am, I am super hopeful that people that are looking at, or they're really facing a decision whether to hang on to a house and rent it out versus just selling it, you know, taking your money and running to the next place. I hope they listen to this podcast and hear because I am a big believer in every form of life that if you know the rules to the game, you can manipulate the game so that you can win. Like you, if you know the rules and you know how to win, you can win. But I think too often in life, people don't know the rules to the game and they just kind of show up. And if you don't know the rules to Monopoly, you're never going to win. You're going to show up. You don't know why there's a top hat. You don't know why there's a shoe. You have no idea why you keep getting put in jail. So I think that that mentality bleeds through everything in life, but definitely more than I realized when it comes to buying and selling, especially in our, our COVID environment that we have here. So, all right. Is there anything else that you can think of? as far as what to expect in 2021 that we need to put out like a disclaimer or a warning or anything to people that are listening. You know, uh, one thing I always say, it doesn't matter what year you're in. And, but now being in a pandemic, uh, you know, you have a lot of inventories, inventories are probably even lower in some markets just because, you know, people's job situations have, have changed, you know, civilians job situations have changed. And, uh, so you have a lot of people pulling their houses off the market. I would just, you know, strongly recommend, and I always do this, is that if you're less than a year away from PCSing and you haven't decided what you're going to do, you're too long. You're, you're already, uh, uh, you know, going the wrong direction. This is no kidding. 
something that needs to be and I and I know geographic location might not be known, but knowing you know you are leaving and you know you are moving. And this is when you have to do a forensic analysis of your finances, of your situation, of your goals. And if you can stay where you're like executing on a business plan as a family, if you right. should be business plan, you should run your family like a business. You know, sit down 12 months out, say, okay, what's our goals at the next place? Here's our options. Here's my dream sheet. Here's what we know we, our four or five locations we could be going to. We know four out of the five locations, I would never want to buy a house. So great. Good. That's awesome. Then you know that, hey, okay, let's work backwards from there. Or, hey, four out of the five spots, we would really like to buy a house. And as a matter of fact, I'm from one of those spots. So if we end up going there, we're going to look for our forever home. Well, again, this is all stuff that you can plan out 12 months in advance because that also gives you time if you're currently renting, then you know you don't have to even worry about anything. But if you do own a home, that gives you plenty of time to sell, plenty of time to figure out if you're going to sell, if you're going to rent, if you're not going to rent. Why would you rent if you're going to move to a place that you're from where you know you want to buy your forever home? Why would you rent this out then? You know, and then you would sell it and then move. So there's a lot of things in play. I just suggest people treat their family finances like a business. Do a business plan 12 months out on your move because there's a lot of logistics involved, a lot of moving pieces. And, you know, one of the cool things about doing it that way also is that the way the military, the way the VA home loan benefit works is, is and if you're married, if your spouse is willing to move to wherever location, they satisfy occupancy. So the member doesn't have to necessarily go at that time. So you could even, if you're so far ahead of the game, work this thing out to where you're not coming in on 10 days of house hunting. Right. You're looking out 12 months in advance because you want the best schools in the best area with the best commute all the best that you could possibly imagine. You're looking 12 months out in advance. And if you find something that's ready to go within six months of you leaving to go there or wherever, then you can make a move. You know what I mean? Like just nothing hurts you planning 12 months out in advance. Nothing does. Absolutely. Like when they come back and say, oh, by the way, we're not sending you to where you're from. You're going to Alaska. <laughs> well, Someone on this call may or may not have thought they were PCSing to Portugal, had already started learning Portuguese. <laughs> I, I never got to move to Portugal. So there, there's the, you know, but I do know a couple of words in Portuguese. I mean, so I'm, I'm better off for it. But Brian, thank you so much for your time today. What is the website that people need to go to to get in touch with you? Um, because if I were looking for a lender, I would want someone that understands our military life and understands the VA process. So where can they go to sure. find you? Uh, it, and, it, and the great part about, too, and our commitment to, you know, no housing network and everything like that, we're here as a resource. So I don't care if you're working, who you're working with. If you just have general questions and you feel like you're not getting the answers, you can always reach out to us. I can't tell you how many times I've had you know, people call me on three-way with a realtor and a lender 
asking questions, which is fine. Right. And that's what we're here for. We are here, number one, as a resource for everybody who watches this. So if you have any questions or concerns about what's going on with your transaction, you can reach us at military at caliberhomeloans.com. We kept it really simple. Military at caliberhomeloans.com. I love the simplicity. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much, Brian. All right. The next podcast that you guys are going to get to hear Brian just like drop his wisdom mic on us is going to be rent versus buy. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss all of that wisdom and everything that he's got stored up in that noodle of his uh, that he's going to share with us next time. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Millhousing Nation podcast. To connect with Millhousing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.